Defense and running the ball. Defense and running the ball, CJ. That is all I will say about the New York Jets who pulled possibly the upset of the season over the Buffalo Bills. I'm Adam Wright and CJ Medeiros. You are listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88 and Secret Weapon Consulting. Man, now we were talking about uh, possibly when this when this upset happened, Jets over the Bills, we were possibly talking about maybe we should apologize to, to uh, Bills Mafia for jinxing their season. Or excuse me, not the season, but just the game because we literally just said, yeah, they're probably going to win on the show, on our last Friday show. And you were like, nah. As a famous man once said, some men just love to watch the world burn. And mm, I guess we are those people. And uh, But the Bills will be fine the rest of the season. They're still 6-2, and two, unless Adam, we just jinxed them again. Yeah. Now but, let me tell you something. Bills Mafia, you're not getting any form of apology from me. All right. Well, we have a great show planned for you guys tonight. Of course, we're going to talk about the Jets beating the Bills. We're going to talk about the Seahawks, who improved – to six and three and first in the NFC West. We're going to get into some fantasy coverage, but first, probably the most breaking, most most recent news uh, out of out of today is the Colts who fired head coach Frank Reich. Um, so this was on this was a firing that happened on Monday, and the interim head coach is going to be Jeff Saturday, who's going to who has been. Uh, a, t- a television presence for ESPN and also obviously a, uh, a former player. What was he? A six-time Pro Bowler? Yeah, yeah. So he's he, he was so, and he didn't retire too long ago. But CJ, do you think it was the right move for the Colts to fire Frank Reich? Hmm. Honestly. I thought he was going to get fired after that game, but I didn't agree with it. And I know that he's struggled this season. And if you look at his coaching record, his basically four and a half year tenure, we'll call it, he was 41, 35, and one. So he's got a winning record. But if anything, I blame their GM. Vic Ballard, I believe his name is. Now, hear me out. Of course, you're not going to have any success, and I've said this umpteen times, when you, when every year you go from bridge quarterback to bridge quarterback to bridge quarterback, it's like this long, never-ending bridge of mediocrity. And I will die on that hill, Adam. I really, honestly, truly will. I can't get past this. I simply can't. Because we saw what Frank Wright could do when he hit Andrew Luck. That one season he had Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck was comeback player of the year, and the Colts actually made the playoffs. And yet, just, and yet, they continue to deprive Reich of a quarterback. Now, I'm not saying Reich was a world beater, but there is a difference from when he had Andrew Luck versus when he had people like Carson Wentz and Matt Ryan. The Colts, whoever your next head coach is after this interim Jeff Saturday, or if you roll with Jeff Saturday, do not screw them over. Give the chance to this new person that you never gave to Frank Reich and get an actual quarterback. I beg you. All right. So here's what I'll say. I wonder if the Colts are looking for a scapegoat here because just what was it a couple weeks ago or one week ago where they benched Matt Ryan? Uh, Like a couple weeks ago. So like, it was like two weeks ago. They benched that. They benched uh, their starting quarterback, Matt Ryan, the guy who they traded for, who was seemingly a prized acquisition. They didn't have a good start. So they fought, they, they demoted him to backup quarterback for the rest of the season. Then about a week later, or a couple weeks later, I'm not sure on my timeline here, but then they that <coughs> excuse me, then they go and fire Frank Reich. So they're blaming. It looks like they're blaming 
they're just looking for someone to point the finger at at this point until yeah. somehow they just start pulling wins out of their asses. Are they going to start winning because they benched Matt Ryan for Sam Ellinger? Are they going to start winning because they fired head coach Frank Reich and they brought in a more likable guy uh, in the public in Jeff Saturday? No. They're not going to win because of that. You know what's you know what's the reason why they're not winning these games is because their offensive line is not as good as it has been and their 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 GM refuses to invest long term in an actual quarterback. They're just looking for a veteran to plug in who can give them short-term success and can win them a championship. Just go down the list. Philip Rivers, Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan, all quarterbacks who have had success in the past, but they were looking to squeeze the last ounce of football out of them. But they're just they're, their best days are behind them, all of them. And that's not that's not their fault. They're at the end of their careers. That's they're just looking to stay in the league, make some money, and then retire eventually. Who's whose fault is it? It sounds like the front office is looking for someone someone to blame besides themselves. Because they're not they're like it's their fault that their that their quarterback didn't work out. He's too old. It doesn't work out for him. And also the offensive line, they didn't they didn't take the they didn't take the steps to improve it when it's been excuse me, <clears throat> been a little under the weather the past couple of days. But listen, this offensive line has been one of the best in the league for the past couple of years. And they didn't they they lost some pieces, some pieces got hurt. And they didn't. They did nothing to address it. And like, of course, it's not. It's going to get a lot, a lot worse once you, you when you get these holes in the offensive line and you don't improve it. So I blame this on the front office. It looks like they're just looking for places to for guys to blame. I I didn't think they were a poorly coached team under Frank Reich. I didn't I didn't think so. They had good talent on anywhere besides the besides the quarterback position, and their play calling was fine. They were, they were making, they were doing, they were playing smart football, which was something they weren't doing under the guy, under the guy before them. So I just think it looks like they're looking for something, to, someone to blame. That's, that's kind of, that's my takeaway here. Yeah, Adam, personally, I think you're correct. I mean, I don't understand why you would fire Frank Reich unless you were looking for someone to blame. Like you said, and it's and like you mentioned, the just the blame really has to go at the front office because they refuse to give him a quarterback. Like I said, you got to rip off the bandaid and actually get a long-term quarterback. Am I wrong? I mean, that's what the fans have been no. saying for so long. I mean, how many years until you actually try to shoot for the future here? I wonder. So I wonder if they're. Do you think maybe that they're gun shy after investing in luck? And then kind of ruin it. They kind of, he, he panned out. No, there's no kind, kind of, of they killed career. him. They killed right. his career. They, yeah, they killed his career and they made him not want to play for them anymore. He said, I'm, I'm out of here. You're going to get me killed. My brain's going to be mush. And I'm not going to be able to function when I'm, when I'm in my 40s and 50s. So he said, I'm out. So I wonder if the Colts are gun shy and they're afraid that they're going to ruin another quarterback's career. Or they're looking at some of the other quarterbacks who are taken around the league in the 2021 NFL draft, the 2022 NFL draft, who aren't panning out. And they're saying, well, they're going to have to wait three year, two to three years before they decide this guy didn't work out. And then they're going to have to go back in and get another quarterback. So, yeah, they need to do that. But looking at the other side of the argument, it's easier said than done to go in and develop yeah. a quarterback and find the right guy. And Look, at, at times you. it can be like finding a needle in a haystack. I mean, I hear you. I do. But it's better to try to do that and fail than just rest on your laurels and not try at all. Because that's what Indy's doing. They're not trying to invest in the future. Like, at least try. Show an effort. I know. But also think about some of the teams in the past who have, who have done what, what Indy is doing right now and actually pulled it off. There was the Vikings 
when they went and they got Brett Favre. Yeah, was, how many rings did that give him? Well, it got him to an NFC championship. They got close. Yeah, were, well, close doesn't cut it in the NFL. In contention, moral victories don't mean jack in the NFL. The Arizona Cardinals brought in uh, Kurt Warner, and he managed to take them to a Super Bowl. And That's they also brought in uh, Carson Palmer, who managed yeah. to take them to an NFC championship, and they were in contention for a couple of years. And also, not to mention, I saved the best for last. <laughs> Actually, not the best. Second, second to second. Uh, second best because they're the um what what was the other team um so Denver Rams oh Denver yeah with Manning the Denver Broncos got it brought in Peyton Manning and that was a high flying offense for a few years mm-hmm. and it was historic in 2013 we don't have to talk about Super Super Bowl 48 but that was a great offense it was a great team one of the all time great offenses in all of football and also looking at uh, Tom Brady. The Buccaneers brought in Tom Brady. Short term, it's worked out so far. And they went to they they won a Super Bowl. So all automatically it works out. And they've been in they've been in, they've been competitive in the years since. So it has worked before. Just it's something where it's everything has their has their uh, causes and effects. Every everything has their risks. Pros and cons, every, all the whole nine yards. Like, yeah, it's it's. I can understand why they're a little that why they're a little shy to do it. I'll I'll say that much. Yeah, I, I get it, but you have to keep in mind this is no sure thing. I mean, you have to make sure there's a good team around him. I mean, look at Tom Brady. He had Rob Gronkowski, Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. Peyton Manning had, like, Emmanuel Sanders. He had Demarius Thomas. He had Prime Julius Thomas. He had, like, one good year of Sean Moreno. And but when you look at Indy, you got Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman, I guess, and that's pretty much it. And an O-line. Hilton for a couple of years. Oh, yeah, oh, you mean old T.Y. Hilton, 33-year-old T.Y. Hilton? Well, at the tail end of his career, like when Carson Wentz was around, he wasn't that good. But I think <sighs> in in his year with Philip Rivers, Rivers, I think he was pretty <sighs> good. He was pretty good. Right. If he had a and, if he had a quarterback who was for real, it would have worked out with him. Yeah, and and especially now their O line is one Quentin Nelson away from being one of the worst. Yeah, I I agree. I agree, and it it sucks that their offensive line has gone from one of the best to one of the worst in a blink of an eye, but. All right, there's our takes, initial takes on uh, the firing of Frank Reich for the Colts. We'll see how that works out for them, bringing in Jeff Saturday. But we want to we want to touch on the Jets upsetting the Bills. This is a matchup that we previewed on Friday, and we had our takes on it, which is something that I would like to touch on to follow up on now that the the Jets actually freaking won. So this is something you're not going to want to miss. This is the Fumble Rooski podcast. This is the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power88 and Secret Weapon Consulting. Adam Wright here with CJ Medeiros. So, this past week, we previewed the Jets and the Bills. And I, we, bo- we both took the Bills over the Jets. But we kind of talked about the Jets in this sense. Saying, well, the Jets just lost to the Patriots. And now they have a game against the first place Bills, who we thought they were most likely going <clears> to <throat> lose to. And we were saying, were they ever legit? Have they, can, you know, are they in trouble now? And you said they were never really for real. 
And I said they were for real before they lost Brees Hall. And so essentially we both said they're not, they're not a team, they're not a competitive team anymore. But then they went and they did this. The Jets beat the Bills 20 to 17. And they sacked uh they they sacked Josh uh, quarterback Josh Allen five times and picked him off twice. Absolutely punched that team in the mouth defensively. And they also managed to run the ball fairly effectively with uh, Michael Carter and James Robinson filling in for Brees Hall. And they also had Garrett Wilson, their first-round wide receiver who was playing a significant role, over 90 yards receiving. And Zach Wilson did not turn the ball over. Played the game manager, don't screw it up type of game. So, CJ, does this change your perception of the Jets this season? Yeah, it does. And let me tell you something. I was a little harsh. And can I be honest with you? I'm still skeptical. I really am. Because what have I said? A win, what I say about the saying, a win is a win is a win, but not all wins are created equal. You said defense and running the ball, but you have to admit, even for the Jets, it, you know, it was like an ugly, like it was still an ugly game for both sides. It wasn't pretty, but they got the job done. And it wasn't a convincing win, but it was a win. And where was the game? Was it in East Rutherford or Buffalo? It was in Buffalo. Excuse me. No, it was in. Um, I was going to say. It was, it was, it was in, yeah, it was, it was in the Meadowlands. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to see how we had the, is it, was this their second game or they're like their first, I think it was their first, right? I'm fairly yes. certain. Yeah. yeah. So game. personally, I want to see what happens when the jets have to venture up to Buffalo, how they handle that atmosphere. And I will say one thing. Good. Their defense is legit. They're de- I mean, there's no two ways around it. That is a scary defense, but their offense I feel, let me tell you something right now. If the Jets had an average defense, like not even bad, just middle of the pack, they do not win that game. Because their defense is what keeps them in the game. And I respect their defense. That I think that defense, you could argue, is a top five unit. At least I think it is. But I won't say the team as a whole is legit, but their defense is. And Zach Wilson, he doesn't need to play hero ball, but eventually you will find yourself perhaps in a high-scoring shootout. Is Zach Wilson going to carry you? Is Zach Wilson going to put the team on his back and deliver the game-winning touchdown pass? I'm not going to say no, but I'm not saying yes. All right. So I'm glad you mentioned uh, both teams played ugly because I have the stats right here. So – Zach Wilson, in the limited, kind of limited because he threw 25 times, 18 of 25, 154 yards. He averaged six yards per attempt. He had one touchdown pass, a passer rating of 101.1. I'm not going to say that he had a great performance, but in the game plan that they put out, he did well. Game. These are game manager statistics. And also... Michael Carter, 12 carries, 76 yards, averaged 6.3 yards a carry, and he got a touchdown, and he got a touchdown, uh, a rushing touchdown. James Robinson, 13 carries for 48 yards, only 3.7 yards per attempt, but he also uh, contributed on the gra- on through the air with a receiving touchdown. So both running backs in this uh, in this tandem, if you will, contributed really well. They played well through the air, and they played well on the ground, which is kind of what Brees Hall was. They kind of, in the uh, in the algorithm, they uh, <clears throat> they recreated Brees Hall, what Brees Hall is, and that is something that's very important for this Jets team going forward, because this the, their their rushing game is what produces most of their offense. And also what's what's very encouraging for this team in their passing game is that Garrett Wilson is starting to emerge. Back-to-back games where he had 60 or more uh receiving yards 
or I think it, it might have been more in the in his last game. But very good uh, performance from him. If he continues to play well and gives Zach Wilson someone to throw to, then even if Zach Wilson's just an average okay quarterback, then Garrett Wilson can make him look much better, which is important. So it kind of does change for me because before before on our Friday episode, I said they were legit, but now they're not. Now they're kind of just turning into just a, a Jets team with good defense, but they're not going to produce, produce enough offense. But now that I see that Michael Carter and James Robinson can combine to duplicate those uh, to uh, we'll, I'll say replicate those op- those numbers uh, that Brees Hall was was producing, now they can do it. And also Garrett Wilson helps get, make that offense a little less uh, one-dimensional. So I really like the way they're going. They're not a Super Bowl contender. They're a couple years off from that. But it's a team that can very easily make the playoffs and can also uh, very easily per- perhaps win a playoff game. They could go in. They could, you know, one of these high-flying offenses that doesn't uh, that doesn't have the best defense going into the playoffs, wild card weekend. The Jets could do it. Their defense is one of the best in the league right now. It is electric. You sacked the best quarterback in the league five times and picked him off twice. You made you made him look. You made Josh Allen look. Like Zach Wilson looked last week against New England. 205 yards, 18 to 34, two picks, sacked five times. Wow. What an incredible effort by the Jets. It may look like an ugly win because it was low scoring, but this is the way the Jets need to win. Defense, excuse me, defense and running the ball. Defense and running the ball. That's what I'll say. Yeah, but I want to hearken back to last season. The Patriots were defense and running the ball, you know? Yeah, you remember? they're 5-4. and four. Yeah, I mean, last season they, they were really defense and running the ball. So, so here's my question, because we asked this about New England last year, and we asked this about – well, I wasn't there, but I – you know, on the podcast, but I asked this about San Francisco when they won their Super Bowl – what happens when you stifle their running game? Now, don't say it can't be done because it can be done. So, like, when you stuff the run, what are they going to do? That is what the question I'll end with. They probably lose. They probably lose. That's why they're not a Super Bowl team. But if their rushing yeah. game is as good, if their passing game ever becomes, in the coming years, becomes as good as their rushing game is right now, I think they're a Super Bowl team. Oh yeah, they are, but not now. That's my so yeah, that's my point. They're a legit team. They're competitive. They mm-hmm. can beat anyone on any given Sunday, but they are not they're they're just not the team to win the Super Bowl. But yeah. the the fact that they're anywhere close is amazing for the Jets. They haven't mm-hmm. been close in years. They've years. been mired in misery since like 2011. And even even back then, they were kind of just a team that was an underdog. They were just they came in and they just punched New England in the mouth. And they were they were an underdog team. They had Mark Sanchez at quarterback, and they have Zach Wilson right now. Jury's kind of still out for him, but it's not looking good so far. But yeah. if they use him in the way they're using him now, and they they play like they're built right now, they can be they can be competitive for a couple of years. I do think that. And if their passing game improves and gets anywhere near what their rushing game is, they're a Super Bowl contender. They are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Jets are a Super Bowl contender. All right, I wanted to get on this next topic, talking about the Seahawks, who are six and three, and also kind of the Falcons, who are four and five. But this is something I wanted to cover because those are two teams who are supposed to be not very good and in the market for a quarterback in the draft. But now, now it's not looking so much like that. We'll talk about the Seahawks and Falcons and what they're doing and if they should be doing it. This is the Fumble Rooski podcast.
You are listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88 and Secret Weapon Consulting. Adam Wright here with CJ Medeiros. So, the Seahawks have won yet again, improving their record to 6 and 3 on the regular season. And they're now fir- they're so they're first in the NFC West and they've been there for a couple of for a few weeks. And the Falcons, they were in first. So this is this is why I was going to talk about it last week because both of them were in first place and both were supposed to be not very good this year in the market for a quarterback because they, their quarterback situation was un, was uh, undecided, I'll say. So both these teams, mainly the Seahawks because they're six and three with Geno Smith, 15 to four, uh, 15 to four touchdown to interception ratio. CJ, are the Seahawks doing what they should be? Should they should they be doing what they're doing right now? You know, I think it's safe to say at the beginning of the season, we underestimated Geno Smith. And I'll admit it, I was wrong. And you know, when I look at it, I'm going to say they should not be doing what they're doing, but they're still doing it. Everyone is stepping up. You know, you got a good young running back in uh, Kenneth Walker. Gino has some really good targets to throw to, you know, Noah Fant, DK Metcalf, Will Disley, Tyler Lockett. And the defense has some good pieces on it too, you know, like Tariq Woolen, for example. And I don't think they're a Super Bowl contender, but Gino Smith has shown when his back's against the wall, he was looking at the end of his career, everybody was hating on him. And he went out and as it sits right now, like you said, he's got over 2,000 yards, 15 touchdowns, four picks. I I think the Seahawks are legit. They are better than every team in their division, and I will die on that hill. And when I look at Seattle, I you know we were talking about this. You know, should they go quarterback in this draft? I know Geno Smith's like 32, but we've seen how long quarterbacks can last in this league, and I'm actually leaning no, especially since you were expected to do nothing. Geno Smith has actually led you to a winning record, and you're not just barely winning. They're six and three, right? Yeah, they're six and three. Yeah, you're not just barely surviving. You're six and three. It would be wrong to just, uh, you know, just give him the heave ho. And in fact, I believe it was uh, a great man, Abraham. They're the three seed in the national yeah. and the yeah. NFC NFC three seed. You hear that people at home. Now there is a man, I believe I don't, I think it was Abraham Lincoln who once said, don't switch horses while crossing the stream and they're crossing that stream. And I say, don't, don't get rid of Gino. You keep him because he has proven that he can play. So I wanted to look at, I, I looked at the draft order for 2023 and i i'm gonna be honest with you when i looked at the order i completely forgot that the seahawks have the broncos pick this year so it's not as bad as it as it seems in the draft so they have the number 11 pick as their top pick right now which was acquired from the denver broncos do the broncos get better do they get worse who knows they could stay around uh number 11 they could get They're they could go higher are. They'll, it'll probably go. They, there's no way the the Broncos stay this bad. It it can't get worse from here, but we'll see. You would think, but their next this is the NFL, anything can happen, man. So their next pick is at number. Excuse me. This is it's hard to look. What is what is? Hang on. What pick is this? Okay, so it goes PL after. I'm looking at NFL.com, but it's it's towards the back end because obviously the 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 Seattle Seahawks right now they have the three seed, and also the Atlanta Falcons, another team I wanted to talk about, number fifteen. Does that sound like a team who is in the market for Bryce Young or the kid from Ohio State who's playing playing really well? C.J. Stroud, yeah. Uh, Mariota. You know, I I would actually argue they're in the market for a quarterback because oh, they are. 
but can they yeah. reach all? Can they reach up there? That's my point. Ah, uh, it depends. You know, college football season is still young, so I don't know. I don't. It depends on if somebody like Michael Penix or Will Levis go that high or if you think they should because i do know this class is a lot of quarterbacks so they definitely should whereas seattle i don't think should go quarterback reach or not i think like they have in geno smith but mariota about 1500 yards 10 touchdowns six picks passer rating of 90 61 completion percentage that's fine when you look at geno smith like i said over 2000 yards 15 touchdowns four picks Completion percentage of 73% and a passer rating of 107. Seattle, do not go quarterback. Atlanta, you should. And also, maybe they want to, maybe one day if they start petering out, maybe bench Mariota, see what Desmond Ritter can do, because they drafted him in the third round. I never liked him as a prospect, but maybe he struck gold. But, yeah, I don't think Atlanta is going to win the division, because keep in mind, that division is a weak division. Tampa's not what they were. The Saints, ugh, I thought they were going to be good, but they are not. And the Carolina Panthers football team is just an affront to God himself. So this is a case of just being in a weak division. I mean, the, the Falcons are also outperforming expectations, but good Lord. That's, they, yeah, they, they need a quarterback. That, te- that team really needs a quarterback. At least with mm-hmm. the Seattle Seahawks, you can see a lot of play, a lot of young players are coming through. And that offensive line is probably the best it's played in in a really long time for Seattle. Uh, their off their their pass catchers have always been really good. That running back, that kid Kenneth Walker, the third is really good. They they're and their defense is probably the best it's been since the Legion of Boom days, arguably. It's been decent since then in in a couple of years, but it's still a really good defense right now. So mm-hmm. like. At that, at least there, you can say, okay, you could improve in a couple of areas. Maybe their front seven, maybe their their uh, yeah, their front seven, their pass rush, but like they could still use a quarterback. What if they what what if they traded Geno Smith after this season? They say, look, you did you did a great job with us, and but we're we're looking for a new quarterback. We're looking for a quarterback of the future, but you could be a bridge quarterback somewhere where you can make an impact and still do what you're doing here, but do it somewhere else and, you know, continue to do that. And maybe even, maybe even do it to an extent where a team actually believes that he's a franchise quarterback and actually invests in him. Next thing you know, he's, he's getting paid big money and he's a starting quarterback somewhere. I just don't know if Seattle is going to want to do that. They're still going to need a quarterback, not, not mid season, but at least with what they're this with what Seattle's doing, the rest of the team looks good. Atlanta? Atlanta doesn't have much there. They just traded away Calvin Ridley. He's gone now. So they have Drake London now. He's That's a decent option. So far, he looks good. Uh, Kyle Pitts, they have him. He, he's going ha- to need a couple of years for his touchdown production to improve. But other than that, the rushing game, kind of just built to win now. Tyler Al- Algier looks good. Uh, Cordero Patterson, he's too, he's getting old. He's in the tail end of his career. Like Mm -hmm. they just don't have much there. So like they, they have no business winning. They have no business winning the games they've, they're winning and they're four and five. I feel like once you have four wins at this point in the season, you're kind of out of contention for a top five pick, at least a top two, which is where CJ Stroud and Bryce Young are going to be drafted. So, they need a quarterback, and they're going to be a couple of years before they can even get one because they were supposed to be in the market for it this year. Now they're not. So that's a problem there. But the Seahawks, you can talk me into it with the Seahawks. Maybe they could take a couple of years, but I'm not sure there. Um, all right, but that's something I just wanted to talk about because the Seahawks have been incredible this year. Great year for them, uh, as, at, least, at least relative to their expectations. And also the Falcons have been close to playoff contention, mainly because of their division, but still like, and their teams who are kind of supposed to be in the market for a quarterback. 
Uh, so I just wanted to touch on that. I do want to get moving on. Uh, so we have our Fumble Fantasy Fix, which is our waiver wire pickups going into week 10. So don't go anywhere. This is the Fumble Ruski Podcast. This is the Fumble Ruski podcast by Power88 and Secret Weapon Consulting. Adam Wright here with CJ Medeiros. We've reached the Fumble Ruski Fantasy Fix portion of our show. And on Tuesdays, we have our wa- waiver wire pickups. So here's our Week 10 waiver wire ads, guys who you must pick up. Starting at running back, we're going to give you Jeff Wilson and Kenyon Drake. At wide receiver, Nicole Hardman and Josh Palmer. At tight end, Cole Komet and Greg Dolkich. For quarterback streamers, we're going to give you Jimmy Garoppolo versus the Chargers and Trevor Lawrence at Kansas City. For defense and special teams, for those streamers, we're going to give you Titans versus Denver and Raiders versus Indianapolis. All right, there is your fantasy, uh, Fumble Ruski Fantasy Fix by the Fumble Ruski Podcast. Coming up is the Fumble Ruski Fan Box. We are now more than halfway through the season, so we want to know who your MVP pick is so far. So that's next. This is the Fumble Ruski Podcast. This is the Fumble Ruski podcast by Power88 and Secret Weapon Consulting. Adam Wright here with CJ Medeiros. All right. So we have reached the Fumble Ruski fan box where we post a question filter on our Instagram every Monday and you can respond with hot takes, questions, and more. And we will discuss it and give you a shout out on our podcast. Respond to next week's fan box question to be featured on our show. Now, the question of the week was, who is your league MVP so far this season? So just more than halfway, we kind of go every quarter of the season to kind of update, kind of ask, like, who do you guys think is the league MVP? We did it a few weeks ago after week four. Who's your league MVP so far? Now we're past week nine. So I want to figure out who do you guys have? Now, Mallory Kleppel says... Camara and ETN haters were loud beginning of the season. Not anymore. Now uh, she did elaborate in, in the uh, our DMS and said, well, I thought you meant fantasy MVP and that would be a pretty decent pick. I mean, ETN is somebody who I, who I invested in, in a couple of leagues, nobody like early in the season, he, he was not that good. And James Robinson uh, had been, the better back so far. And I was like, was I wrong on this? Turns out just took a couple weeks and they replaced, they traded away James Robinson. All right. Grayson Mortimer said either Allen or Lamar, both acceptable answers, but I think I would lean towards Allen between the two. Lamar has been pretty good. The, the Ravens have been winning games. It's been mainly their defense has been selling them out past uh, uh, during this season, whenever they do lose. Ian Mulhern said Patrick Mahomes. That's my MVP pick so far. Yeah, me too. 
league leader in touchdown passes. And I think he's what top one, two in pat in uh, passing pat, yards. I'm fairly certain he's number one. So he's number one there, and he's number one. And your wide receiver one is Juju Smith-Schuster. And yeah, hey, you're Travis Kelsey, but he's literally doing more with less. I mean, it wouldn't be shocking if he had Tyreek Hill, but the fact that his receiver core is Juju Smith-Schuster, Nicole Hardman, and Marquez Valdez-Scantling, give that man the MVP. Good, yeah, good job by Mahomes. Nice little golf clap there. And uh, Levi Gaynor also said Patrick Mahomes. So again, good pick. We all we the Fumble Ruski podcast agrees with you. That's a good pick. Oh, yeah. Patrick uh, Patrick Williver said Joe Main uh, Joe Main Mixon. Another fantasy guy, man. Fifty five points in fantasy football for uh, at least through PPR. Five touchdowns for me. I went that up against him four. in two leagues. Oh joy. Yep, and I had him in two leagues, and it helped yeah. me out a lot. Yeah, well, you're um, still in second-to-last place. Don't try it. Yeah, but I'm only a game out of, like, the three seed because everyone's so close. Um, Connor Fallon said Josh Allen. Another good, acceptable answer. So I'll allow it. He has all of the physical tools that Patrick Mahomes does. It's kind of just the – it's an accuracy thing with me. He's, like, he tends to – Sometimes when he's rushed or when he tends to like when he tends to throw like you know sling it too much he his picks his picks do uh, rack up. He, I believe he he 15 interceptions already. Yeah, he has 8 already this year. He had 15 last year and he's on pace to top it this year. So, yeah, but he could turn the ball over a little less. Um here we have Cola DJ who said Tyreek Hill. Hey, receivers never win, but Hill is the best player on that team. He's making Tua. He and Waddle. Yeah. If you think Tyreek Hill is going to win MVP, he probably won't, but he's probably one of the more still like one of the more valuable players so far this season. Especially since you look from this past season for the Dolphins and this year. It's night and day. That team is just electric this year. Waddle and Tyreek Hill are so dominant, and they complement each other in the best ways. Jalen Waddle still racks up yardage, but he's a touchdown guy. And Tyreek Hill still still capable with touchdowns, but he's more of the yardage guy. He's I mean, he's league, leading the league with 1,100 already. So great pick there. I think I he may not be the MVP, but... He's, he's valuable. We'll say that much. Um, Steven Parker said, I still have faith in Joe Burrow. So he's quietly having a pretty good season. What is it? 16 to four touchdown interception ratio, over uh, 2,300 yards. Like so he's having a good year. He'll need to be electric, like absolutely electric to be able to do it. Uh, this, <coughs> excuse me, to be able to do it uh, this to be able to do it this season uh, in the second half. Um, Tyson Tate said Kirk Cousins. The team is 7-1. and one. That's hard to argue with. The team's 7-1, and one, and he's doing a great job at not screwing up. Just His, st- his stats just aren't sticking out enough to say yeah. this guy's league MVP. Zachary I mean, Stilson, it's more than just wins. Yeah, right. All right. Zachary Stilson said Jalen Hurts, his play has drastically affected how his team has performed. Now, the last time, about a quarter of the way through the season, we posted this question, and I think we got a million votes for Jalen for Jalen Hurts. I Something believe like this is the only this is the only Jalen Hurts vote we got out of 18 responses. So huh. that was that was interesting. I mean his it, stats are decent. He's got over two thousand yards, a completion percentage of sixty eight percent, twelve touchdowns to two picks. Yeah, he's been good this year. And well, like he's he's been really good. Just it's not showing on the stat sheet. And I think people are looking at the Eagles as a whole start at this point in the season rather than Jalen Hurts because that whole team is balling. Um William Mantle said Geno Smith. So we got to talk about about Geno Smith a lot. <clears throat> Excuse me. But if you have 15 to 4 touchdown interception ratio in 2000 yards, actually what is it? 2200 yards? 
Close, somewhere around yeah. there. But if you have that halfway through the year and your name is Geno Smith, good job. Good job. Especially on a yeah. Seahawks team that wasn't supposed to do very well. Wow. Um, but he may he he probably won't. Most of these guys won't be league MVP, but I like the creativity in this in this in this round. Uh, yeah. Isaac Zonana, who is a Dolphins fan, said Tua no debate. He's six and zero. Lee uh, as a starter. As, that's what he's that's what he's saying as a starter. Uh, Tyreek helps. Tua doesn't carry him because we went zero and three without him. So it's important okay. to note that technically he's six and one as a starter because he started one of those losses. Just he played less than half of the game. Mm-hmm. It's weird how it works in the NFL. Your quarterback record, if you start that game, then whether they win or lose is on you. But you could play like one quarter and of really good football. You go out with an injury, and then the team loses afterwards, and then the loss is on you, which is a little weird. But, um, yeah, Tua has been really good this year. I'll give him that. And he, what I like about him is he's a winner. He wins games. Yeah. All right. Uh, Sean Howe said Hill as well. Tyreek Hill, another guy on that Miami Dolphins team, doing very well and yeah. helping make Tua look really good as well. Oh, Also, I did want to point out when Isaac said Tua doesn't carry him because we, we went 0-3 without him. Let me ask you something. <clears throat> Does Tua <clears throat> still look this good without Hill? Somehow I doubt it. He doesn't look this good without Hill. That's I know. Yeah. He's 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 a very he's a diehard. I've DM I've spoken with him a little bit through DM. He's a diehard Dolphins fan. I mean, which I, I you I respect the passion. I respect the passion. Um so th- this guy doesn't have a have a actual name in his bio. Just says Tiny Tim Adventures. Uh <laughs> nice name. I like it. Kirk Cousins. So again, a guy who helps them win, but statistically he's had better seasons. He's had better years. Last year was a great year for him. 33 touchdowns touchdowns to just six interceptions. If he was going to win league MVP, that would would have been his year. But unfortunately, he could not. Also, it doesn't help that his name is Kirk Cousins. Seems like a lot of people judge him just by his name. Just they know he's an above average quarterback, which he is, but he statistically he's really good. And he does help the team win when he has pieces around him and good coaching. Um, Landon Weber said Geno Smith as well. Again, again, a guy who's he's getting votes because he's been so, he's been so surprising this year. And I didn't see it. 15 to uh, 15 to four, 15 to four touchdown interception ratio. That's pretty good. And he's, slinging the ball all over the field. It's not like he's, you know, being conservative, dink and dunk. He's been he's been throwing it. So, pretty good job on his part. Jack Briel said Sauce Gardner. So another guy, it's a creative answer because he's very valuable. He's not going to win league MVP. But Cor- corners don't win league MVP also. He's a rookie. And he's a rookie. So he might win defensive rookie of the year. But He's been really good. He has been really, really good. One of the better young corners in the in the game so far, early in his career. And he's been a big part of a Jets defense who, as we as we mentioned in the previous segment, has really practically carried the Jets team to a lot of victories. That in running the ball. So Sauce Gardner's been a big part of that. Um, Robert Canado, he said. I had to look this up who he was. Skylar Thompson. No, no, no. He's a third string running back. Uh, excuse me. It's third string quarterback. quarterback. <clears throat> Obviously, this is a joke answer, but thankfully it's just a small percentage of you know the total votes. Yeah. I mean, good good job as a back uh third string, I guess. I mean, it, it's crazy that he actually had to step in as the bat, as the third string as a starter, because that team that team is early, 
there was that stretch, that three game stretch for Miami where they lost a couple, where they lost not only Tua, also Teddy Bridgewater, and then they had to bring this kid in, Skylar Thompson, who is a rookie, to start an NFL game, and he was drafted in the seventh round. Imagine just barely being drafted. You're just this young college kid, barely being drafted, and then a few weeks into the season, you're a starter. That's actually kind of crazy, but still, in- interesting pick. Um, Eli Turner said, "Anyone but Geno Smith, please." Too late, Geno Smith. This was an interesting one because I wonder why he hates him so much. I think it's because he's a Bronco fan. I think uh, Eli Turner is a Bronco fan. I'm pretty sure that's why, because they traded. They because they just traded for, uh, uh, for Russell Wilson. They traded the beloved Drew Locke to the Seahawks, and they're thinking, "I just want to see him do well." And Geno Smith beats his ass out for a job. The Seahawks. And then he beats Russell Wilson too. What if the What if Geno Smith makes a Pro Bowl? <laughs> he could. That's actually possible. I want Geno Smith and the Seahawks to win the Super Bowl. I don't think they will, but I want them to. If they That'd do, funny. I will jump for joy. We if are going they to do, throw a special episode oh. just for the Seahawks. Oh, yeah. I, you know what? If they do, if Seattle wins the Super Bowl, we're going to have to bring Brett Schaubs on as a special guest. For those who oh, don't we, know, he's a massive Broncos and Drew Locke fan. Oh, we need to. Yeah, that would, that would be fun. All right. Yeah. Well, that'll do it for us tonight. Thank you for listening to us. We have new episodes on Tuesdays and Fridays at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We also have all our episodes available on Spotify, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and so much more. Also, be sure to follow our Instagram at FumbleRooski underscore podcast to keep up with our podcast and the latest coverage on the NFL. Otherwise, we'll see you next week over and out.